Welcome to Talk the Talk. I'm Bill Newman. Buzz Eisenberg is away, and we are so very pleased to have with us uh, Megan Zinn and Rachel Lyon. Rachel Lyon will be at the Odyssey Bookshop on March 4th, and Megan Zinn, of Megan Zinn, sorry, is, of course, our writer and editor in residence, and we are so pleased you could both be with us. Let me turn the microphone over to Megan Zinn. Thank you, Bill, and welcome, Rachel. Um, thanks for being here. Thanks you so much for having me. This is fun. Um, so Rachel's um, debut novel was Self-Portrait with a Boy, and her new novel, Fruit of the Dead, will be available on Tuesday, March 5th, which is the day after her appearance at The Odyssey, that book that Bill mentioned, on um, the 4th at 7 p.m. And you can find more info on um, The Odyssey Books website. Um, so to launch in, give us a kind of a, a little bit of an elevator description of uh, Fruit of the Dead. Sure. Your new book. Yeah. So Fruit of the Dead is a contemporary reimagining of the Persephone story. Um, I like to say it's sort of uh, semi-satirical on one level. So the the roles of the gods and goddesses are being played by members of the 1%. Hades is a pharmaceutical <laughs> executive. Demeter is a ED of an agricultural NGO. Um, but on another level, it's a sort of a, you know, heartfelt story about the love between a mother and a daughter, where the daughter mm -hmm. becomes seduced by wealth and power and, and freedom, and the mother becomes very concerned and travels the globe, uh, drops everything to search for her daughter. Yeah, yeah. I, I love Hades as a pharmaceutical exec. That's <laughs> perfect. Um, can you um, read, read a section of the book for us? Sure. So this is from uh, very early in the book. Um, River Rock, all you have to know is that River Rock is the summer camp where Corey went when she was a kid. And it's also where she's been working uh, for a few weeks this summer. Could I ask you one question before you uh, read, which yeah. I, and I love to hear what, what, the, what the book sounds like. The title, yeah, Fruit of the Dead, do you, is it giving away too much to ask you where that comes from? No, not at all. Okay, so I'll ask. So in the myth of Persephone, um, she becomes sort of ensnared in the underworld um, after she's eaten six pomegranate seeds, which are referred to as the fruit of the dead. And, and so the idea is nobody's told her this in advance, unfortunately. Uh, <laughs> but the idea is if you eat the fruit of the dead while you're in the underworld, you're beholden to stay there uh, for eternity. Um, so that becomes a complication when her mother comes back and needs to like negotiate for her with Hades. I can see the complication. Yeah. Okay. It <laughs> um, like, also. Like I'm sorry. Yeah. It's a slight complication. Slight complication. Yeah. It also becomes a part of the novel's plot. So it's it refers to something in the novel, but that becomes clear a little later on. Uh, so this is near the beginning. Working at River Rock, that's the summer camp, was hardly Corey's ideal way to spend the summer after her senior year of high school. Had she gotten into her first or even third choice college, had she gotten e into even one of her so-called safety schools, her mother might have rewarded her by letting her tag along with the coven of classmates currently gallivanting around Europe on what looks on social like a wild and glamorous backpacking tour. They have eaten pot pastries in Amsterdam. They have clubbed in Berlin. They have sunned on a beach in Crete. They have taken selfies with waxed-chested European men signing peace with their feminine fingers, cigarettes hanging limply from unsmiling lips. Such trips would be a reach for her socially and financially at the best of times, but given that she lost her scholarship and landed herself on academic probation, 
given that she got into count them zero colleges, these times are literally the worst. Her mother, ever unlikely to shell out for frivolous expenses, has limited ability and no interest in sponsoring fun. I will find a way to pay for classes, she told Corey and May. I will shell out for another round of SATs and APs. I will help you get an internship. You know I know people. You could fetch a coffee, learn the ropes at, I don't know, Condé Nast, or, hey, Google, what about Google? I could call Radha. Oh, my God, Mom. Don't, oh, my God, Mom, me. Plenty of kids your age would die for an internship at Google. You don't know anything about what kids my age would die for. Fine, Corey. What would you die for? Tell me. I'm all ears. For money. For a driver's license and a car. For a future like an open road. For freedom. For a life that tastes like that feeling she used to have nowhere but at summer camp, lying on the flat rock at the top of the hill with her hand in the damp hand of a friend. As the Perseids came unraveled from the sky, silver threads pulled quick from the infinite embroidery above them. Beautiful, beautiful. And that was Rachel Lyon reading from her new novel, Fruit of the Dead. Um, you, you, you know, alluded a little bit to what the story of Persephone and Demeter is, but can you give us a quick capsule of that, that story for if, if listeners don't know it? Sure, yeah. So um, in Greek and Roman mythology, I guess. Um, so Persephone is uh, the daughter of Demeter. Demeter is one of the gods of Mount Olympus. She's the goddess of the harvest. And Persephone is sort of innocently um, picking flowers with some of her nymph friends when the mm-hmm. earth opens up underneath her and Hades flies out in a, you know, according to the version of on a black stallion or in a chariot and scoops her up and takes her down to uh, the underworld with him and makes her his queen. Um, in some versions, it's called the rape of Persephone. In some versions, it's called the, per- the abduction of Persephone. Um, in most versions, she then, you know, she spends some strange time down there eating pomegranate seeds and uh, <laughs> whiling away the days before Demeter. So Demeter goes through all of this uh, ruckus to find her. She asks all the gods she can ask. No one will really give her a straight answer, even though, for instance, Zeus is aware of what's going on. Um, and finally, she figu- figures it out through Hecate and goes down there and sort of negotiates with Hades for her, for her daughter. And what they come to is that Persephone can spend half the year on the surface of the earth and half the year below. Um, and of course, so the, the time that she's here is the spring and the summer and the time that she's down there is the winter and the fall. Right, right. And not to mention, um, looking a little bit at it, I don't think I ever noticed the detail that Zeus is Persephone's father, which means Hades, her uncle, yeah. right? <laughs> There's a yeah. lot of questionable relationships in Greek mythology. It is, it is God, so, you know, nothing... There's, there's nothing, um, there's no limits there. Yeah. Um, uh, Rachel Lyon, what made you want to create a version of, a, a sort of an updated version of the myth of Persephone and Demeter? What drew you to it? To be honest, I wasn't, I did not set out to write a version of this myth. Um, I was working on a story about a young woman and an older man and, you mm-hmm. know, the sort of gray area in this employer-employee, uh, you know, possibly lover relationship um, that seemed really thorny and interesting to me, especially in light of sort of the Me Too movement when I began the book. Um, but as I wrote, I, you know, was thinking about sort of the ancientness of this story. And um, it occurred to me that my current work in progress sort of mirrored 
the shape of the Persephone myth. Um, so I began to incorporate that a little bit more. And then, you know, as I worked more and more on it, I was I got more and more sort of into it and excited about it. So readers will find a lot of um, Easter eggs in the book if they're fans uh -huh. of, the, of the myth. Good, good. Um, and um, the uh, Rachel, um, the the chapter titles of of the book come from the myth itself. Come from um, actually, you know, a translation. Um, tell us about your decision. And they're they're beautiful. They're very poetic. They're very beautiful. Um, tell us about your decision to use those and and, and what your source is. Yeah. So I, the source I kept returning to was Hugh G. Evelyn White's translation of the Homeric Hymn to Demeter, which was mm -hmm. published in mm -hmm. 1914. Um, and it is sort of this flowery, antiquated language. Um, and I didn't really, I have to say, I'm, I'm not a scholar of Greek mythology. I didn't really have this sort of brain space to keep returning to many different versions. It was, it turned into sort of me and this one two and a half page mm. long <laughs> translation um, over and over again. I was looking back to it and, and finding more things in it that I could use. Um, and I just fell in love with some of the lines so deeply. They're beautiful and strange and um yeah and I, I ended up extracting a few as as chapter titles yeah nice nice um and i'm talking to rachel lyon um author of the fruit of the dead her new novel um and this, this may not be a fair question because you um you didn't necessarily leap into this because you wanted to do mythology but do you have a sense of why why the um the the greek and roman myths still hold us they are um there are still people are, are rewriting them and rewriting them and rewriting them. Um, do you have a sense of what, what the draw is, what the um, hold is? Honestly, I don't. I think they're, <laughs> <laughs> they're so um, epic, you know, and I think their, sh their shape of these stories is a shape that we return to as storytellers over and over. Uh -huh. You know, for the Persephone myth in particular has this beautiful circular shape where she begins on the surface of the earth is brought down into the underworld and returns back you know and that's a cycle that's you know it's literally the cycle of the seasons um and i think you know in some ways we've sort of internalized these forms really deeply a lot of us since childhood mm -hmm. and we're just you know we rely on them yeah yeah and so the, so the stories connect with us because they're just they're just part of us yeah um and you're, you know, as I know that you are a parent and and, and a daughter, um, and do you do you find you're identifying more with um, Emmer, if I'm pronouncing that right, which is Demeter, or Corey, which is Persephone, um, or both? Well, I I wrote the book. I began the book before I became a mother, and I finished oh, wow. the book after I became a mother to my second child. So <laughs> I'd gone through oh, two, yeah two pregnancies over the course of writing this book. And um, I, I really have, I mean, I began it really in part to explore the experience of the lost and uh, reckless teenager or young 20-something. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, but as I continued to write and as I became a mother, I started thinking about her much more um, from the point of view of, of a mother and like the sort of worried um, third-person perspective. Yeah. This is Writer's yeah. Block with Megan Zinn, with our very special guest, uh, Rachel Lyon, whose new book is Fruit of the Dead. She'll be at the Odyssey Bookshop on March 4th. The book will be available at your local independent bookstore, of course. She is a resident of Ashfield. And I would love to know, what was it that brought you here? 
relatively recently uh, from Brooklyn to Western Massachusetts. Always something I would love, want to know. So what was it, a job or something else? Uh, well, like many people, we fled New York City during the pandemic. <laughs> uh, we um, were living in a small apartment. We had a very small child. He was 10 months old when we moved here. And, um, you know, it was like sirens and fireworks all day and night long <coughs> and not enough space. And we found this beautiful house on a mountain and we thought, you know what, let's just do it. <laughs> and did you have a connection to Western Mass before? Yeah, my, my husband has a lot of old friends in like the Conway and Shelburne areas. So we kind of had a, a built-in, really sweet built-in community when we got here. And did he have a job before he came here? Yeah, yeah. He's been working remotely. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Western Mass works again. Yeah. <laughs> the sirens. You win! Are. All right. And um, yeah, I, I've always joked that that um, the, the number of New Yorkers in um, the Pioneer Valley is they decided they needed to leave the city before or after COVID. And then they started looking for houses and they start doing a big circle. And suddenly the circle just gets really big and they end up in Western Massachusetts right. instead of Westchester, which is like where they started. <laughs> um, do you, um, you know, as the mother of young children, um, and here you are writing a book about a mother trying to find her child. Um, and that, and you kind of started that before you had kids. Was that um, really difficult to write? Was it cathartic? Was it terrifying? What kind of emotions did you go through trying to imagine how that felt? Mm. I have to say, I think I write toward my own worries and anxieties about the future. <laughs> so my <laughs> my first book featured heavily like a, a mother of a young child who had died. Uh, so you find out very early in the book, Self-Portrait with Boy, that this kid, he's nine years old, has just died. Um, and then his mother becomes a really important character. Um, and I didn't have children when I wrote that. I didn't know what it was like to be a mother. Um, but th this is something that I've, you know, sort of irrationally worried about. Um, and the same goes, I think, for Emer and her experience. Her daughter is 18, which is uh, 16 years older or seven, uh, 15 years older than my oldest kid. Um, so I, I don't quite know what that would be like, but I think about it a lot. I worry about the mm -hmm. future. And I, I think I write, I think that anxiety actually is really generative for me. Uh, it's uh -huh. part of where my work comes from. I, I'd like to know, yeah. I, I'd like to know when you write, do you know the plot usually? Do you know where it's going? Do you know the arc of the story before you start, or does it evolve as you're writing? Mm. Well, in this case, it was really attractive to have a pre-existing myth to use as my as my plot guide, um, and I thought it would be a lot easier, but it was still challenging. Um, I like to have like a an outline, like a working outline, open next to me while I'm working on each specific section. So that I can go back, um, revise the outline itself, and then come back to the text. And sort of both of them become working documents simultaneously. We are speaking with Megan Zinn. This is Writer's Block. Her very special guest is the author, Rachel Lyon, who will be at the Odyssey Bookshop for her book reading and launch on March 4th. That's right. 7 o'clock. Yeah. We're going to continue this conversation right after this. It's You're listening to Talk the Talk with Bill Newman and Buzz Eisenberg.
You're listening to Talk the Talk with Bill Newman and Buzz Eisenberg, WHMP. We continue Writer's Block with our resident editor and author, Megan Zinn, who has with her and us today Rachel Lyon, author and novelist, whose new book is Fruit of the Dead, who will be at the Odyssey Bookshop in South Hadley on March 4th at 7 o'clock for a book reading, a book launch, signing and discussion, of course. Megan Zinn, let me turn the microphone back over to you. All right. So, so Rachel, Alain, did you um, always want to be a writer? Is this something that um, you've always pursued? How did it happen that you, um, I guess, wrote your first book and got that published? Um, no, I don't think I did always want to be a writer, although writing was always something I did. Um, I was a big reader as a kid, and I went to a school that really nurtured my creative instincts and um, I wrote a lot of poems and books when I was, or, you know, little pretend books when I was a kid. Um, but I actually majored in visual art when I was in college. Um, Which was where? At Princeton. Um, mm-hmm. And I, t- I took creative writing classes there uh, and loved them, but was really intimidated. So it actually took mm-hmm. me a while to gain the confidence to start taking myself seriously as, as a writer. I applied to grad school when I was 28 um, and ended up being one of the oldest students there um, at Indiana University, where I went to, to get my MFA. Um, but yeah, that, that was, it gave me the confidence, I think, to start working more uh, seriously and start calling myself a writer. Yeah, wonderful. And have you, um, so you, we were talking before about you're fairly new to the Valley. You moved to Asheville in 2021. And as we all know, the Valley is a hotbed of writers. Have you been able to start finding a community of writers here? I have. I feel so fortunate to be surrounded by so many writers who are also such wonderful people. Um, so my launch at Odyssey Books on the 4th is I'll be in conversation with Andrew Leland, the author of The Country of the Blind, which is a really wonderful memoir. Um, and then on the on that Friday, the 8th, I'll have a an event at the Ashfield Lake House with Manuel Gonzalez and, um, and Rachel Glazer. Rachel, Rachel B. Glazer lives here in Northampton, and Manuel is from Williamstown. Um, and then, yeah, there's other writers, too. Kate Senecal and I have started a series at the Dreamaway Lodge called the Dreamaway oh, Reading yeah. Series. Um, and I've met some really awesome writers through that. Um, and then there's Joy Baglio's group, the Pioneer Valley Writers mm-hmm. Workshop, which is really just wonderful. I'll be doing an event with them as well, I think, on the 15th. So, ah. Wonderful. Yeah, it really is. Um, it's nice to know that not only is there a great writers community, but there's there's a way to find your way in. Yes. Um, that it is well that is a welcoming writers community, which is always the impression I've had. Um, and Rachel, as you were, you know, as you were developing your writing, um, were there particular writers who influenced you, or who you've always any writer that you've always wanted to be um, when you grow up? Oh, <laughs> uh, there are like a lot of writers that I'd like to be when I grow up. <laughs> Um, one of my idols is Tessa Hadley. She's a, a British writer whose work I just adore. Um, Joy Williams is another. She's just like a goddess that I worship. Uh, <laughs> the list kind of goes on and on. I, yeah. yeah. <laughs> lovely. Lovely. Um, and um, are you currently working on something new? Do you have, have you started in on the next book? And can you tell us anything about it? I am working on something new. I don't know how much I can say, except that I, I think right now what I'm attempting to do 
uh, is to write a reverse chronological story that starts at the end of a relationship or actually sort of after a relationship is over and begins at the relationship's very beginning. Um, ah. So giving myself a like plot. Sometimes merrily we roll along is yeah, kind of. Yeah, yeah, which I actually just went to see as research. It was fantastic, yeah. I'd be interested Ooh, to lucky. know. I'd be interested ah, to know. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt, Megan. Um, I would be interested to know. No, please do. Do, do you read mostly novels or do you read nonfiction or memoirs? What's, 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 what's on your night table? Um, I'm reading a lot sort of, of my colleagues' work right now. So I read a lot of books that my friends have written <laughs> or, or colleagues. Mm -hmm. um, but, and then I read a lot for research. I like to read with a project personally. You know, it, it helps me focus. I'm actually a very slow reader, um, so reading feels best when I have like a purpose. Um, so right now I'm reading the book, uh, a book by Julia Phillips that's going to come out this summer called Bear, which is really wonderful because I'll be in conversation with her on Tuesday the 6th in Brooklyn, um, and then I'll be reading some ARCs from other friends. Yeah, ARCs, Advanced yeah. Readers Copies, are otherwise yeah. known as ARCs. Um, yeah. Do you have a website where people can uh, see where your events are, where the book readings and conversations are going to be? Yeah, yeah. It's uh, rachellyon.work, and I'm trying to keep it obsessively updated. So. <laughs> <laughs> which it was when I looked at it. Good. Which is wonderful. Um, and just, you know, now, now that you're new in the Valley, I'm wondering, it's one of my favorite questions to ask people is, um, have you discovered um, the bookstores around here? Have you have you developed a favorite bookstore in the Valley? Oh, there are so many dreamy bookstores here. Yeah, um, I wow. think my favorite might be Book Moon. Um, it's just mm -hmm. really a really special East place. Hampton. But Love. there are a lot of really good ones, yeah. Yeah, yeah. They have yeah, to be kid-friendly awesome. for me to visit them, so that's a... That's a criteria. Okay. Yes. And that is that is very much so. Um, um, Book Moon is. Um, so I'm, I'm talking with Rachel Lyon, um, who is um, going to be at um, the Odyssey Bookshop to talk about her new book, Fruit of the Dead, on Monday, March 4th um, at 7 p.m. Um, and, you know, one another question I wanted to know is, um, and it's something that all, all all writers struggle with, you know, periods where they um, have doubt, self-doubt, where they have can't come up with new ideas. They, you know, they, it's not, the writing is not going. What do you do, assuming you have those moments, what do you do at those moments um, to kind of replenish, re-spark yourself, to get yourself going and continue? That's a hard question. I mean, I think the best answer is just try anyway. <laughs> You know, just sit down at the blank page and try it anyway. But I also try to read something that I find inspiring or um, or I I think I actually just draw a lot of inspiration from like daily moments with my with my kids mm -hmm. or my family and mm -hmm. listening to music, other ways I think of keeping keeping the channel open as they as they say. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that yeah. makes sense. In, in, yeah. that how do you in that regard, I'm sorry, but I'm just fascinated. You have young kids. Yeah. Um, you have just moved here. You have these book projects going on. Do you have a devoted time of day where you say, these are my hours I'm writing? Or do you have to do it catch as catch can? Yeah, when the kids are at daycare and preschool, <laughs> that's the only time that's that hard. I can get anything done. Yeah, or, you know, at night. But usually I'm pretty wiped out by nighttime. 
for a while I was. So you're not the writer who gets up at 5 a.m. to write before your kids get up. I used to be, but now my son is beating me to the punch and getting me up. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. Yeah, I've lost my morning, sadly. Oh. But... Yeah, you'll get that back when they're teenagers. That's right. And they, um, not and too they will actually sleep in. But, yes, it doesn't always work if you have if you have an early riser um, a child. Yeah. Um, did you um, have a particular, do you, do you write at home? Do you do, I'm somebody who goes to cafes to write because I just need to get out of my house. Um, how, how do you um, carve out space to write? Well, one of the wonderful things about being in Asheville is I have enough room to have my own writing room. So I, nice. I you know, sort of filled with books and things I love. There's a disco ball in there. And uh, <laughs> I can sit at my big desk and look out at the mountains and kind of daydream. It's it feels quite quite lucky, yeah. Oh, that's wonderful. That's wonderful. Um, so, um, um, and as, we, as we've mentioned, Rachel will be at the Odyssey Bookshop to talk about the Fruit of the Dead, and I assume to do some reading while you're there. Mm -hmm. um, and and tell us again who you're going to be um, interacting with at the um, at that talk. I'll be talking with Andrew Leland, who, if you haven't heard him speak before, he's so charming and funny, and I, it'll it's going to be really nice. It'll be a really nice conversation. That would wonderful. That will be on March 4th, 7 o'clock at the Odyssey Bookshop in South Hadley. This has been Writer's Block with Megan Zinn, who is our resident author and editor. Writer's Block is one of our favorite segments, and we really appreciate Megan having brought uh, Rachel Lyon with, with her to the show today. Rachel Lyon's new book is Fruit of the Dead. Again, she will be at the Odyssey Bookshop on March 4th at 7 o'clock for book reading, signing, and discussion in conversation with... Andrew Leland, yeah. Sounds fabulous. Megan Zinn, you've done it again. Thank you so very much, oh, Rachel. Well, thank you. And thank you so much, Rachel. It was a pleasure talking to you. Thanks for having me. All right. This is Talk the Talk with Bill Newman and Buzz Eisenberg.